Hey y'all, and welcome to Culture Cult, where we are one podcast with 195 countries to explore. Woo! <laughs> I'm your host, Marie Walker, and this is where we spin the globe and learn about food, history, and music from the culture we land on. I'm going to go through the general history, any juicy untold stories, and then at the end, don't forget to check out the Culture Cult playlist on Spotify, where you can hear music and bands that I've been finding all over the world. And the link is in our bio of our Instagram, culturecultshow.com. That's no, there's no dot com in that. There's just culture, culture. <laughs> <laughs> the guy laughing <laughs> is my best friend and our first official guest, Kyle Sococho. Hey. Hey. How's, How's it feel? It feels good. You're the first guest. It feels good. You should feel very I'm number honored. one. I'm so honored. Here we are. For those of you who can't see what we're doing right now, okay. we're in the middle of my room right now. We got two mics, uh, very jankily set up into a MIDI. <laughs> jankily. Racked around a desk and, you know, stretching across the room. But damn, I don't think we've ever looked better than this. I'll we say, look good. We look pretty good. And we're we got wine. Good. Oh, well, that's, that's our other guest. Trader Joe's Maybe wine. Maybe you should introduce that Spons wine, too. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, they, they need a shout out. So this week we landed on Belize. That means I spun the globe randomly, and that's the country I land on. One of the tiniest countries. Right. Do you know anything about Belize? Can you tell anyone? Belize it or not. Mm. I really don't. See, I'm starting to think I should have pun points on this podcast where you lose points. No, you mean gain points. Because we're all about gaining points on gaining this podcast. Gaining points, okay. That was a good pun. So plus you get one. a point. You get a pun point. That's like a three point shot though that I made. So that's yeah. plus three. Yeah, but what do you know besides that? Oh, about Belize. Like off the top of your head, anything. Um, it's right next to... I know it's in Central America. Mm-hmm. I know that... Yeah, that's about it. Well, I'm not going to lie. I thought Belize was an island. Mm. I thought it was an island in the Caribbean. It's in the Caribbean, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like not an island. So I said I would start off each of these episodes with a local food or drink. And I ordered this ancient Mayan chocolate drink from this ancient Mayan village in the middle of nowhere in Belize. And it's been two months and I have not gotten it. So unfortunately, we will not be partaking in that. But I would love to explain what we could have been partaking in, if you will allow me. Their uh, delivery is also ancient. Yeah. <laughs> it's still on its way, guys. It's, it's- <laughs> It's just being delivered on a horseback. He, and, the, and the guy who said it, he was like, what do you mean you didn't get it? I was like, no, it's been two months. So I got my money back, but we might get it. And if we get it, Kyle will, and I will do a little Instagram. We'll do a police part two. Yeah, police part two. We'll it, talk about the chocolate. Yeah, we'll just drink it. We have to drink it. Oh, it's a drink. wow. That sounds delicious. Okay, so what, it, what we're supposed to be partaking in right now is an ancient Mayan drink. It's a consistency of mixed ground corn, honey, and hot chili. And it's more bitter than the chocolate we know. And it comes from the word cacao, which is similar, but it's all... I've heard of it. Yeah, but it's all K-A apostrophe K-O-U. And the Mayans believe cacao was discovered on the mountains by the gods. So it was only the rich Mayans that partaked in this spicy partook. drink. Partook. <laughs> in this spicy, bitter chocolate drink. And then the poorer people in the Mayan society use cacao as seeds as a currency. So Wow. So you're saying that cacao was like having money? Yeah. Some people were using it as money and then but then the rich were drinking it. But wow. either way it's a huge part of their society. So the oldest Mayan chocolate pot that's been found is 2600 years old. 
I thought you were about to say 2006. I was like, <laughs> that's not very ancient. For me. It was about 2006. If okay, if this chocolate was from 2006 and I didn't get my chocolate, <laughs> there's no excuse. Oh, well, then it's going to taste um, like it's been on the from road the a while. Early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. I would be really upset. No, it's 2,600 years old is the oldest chocolate pot they found mm-hmm. for making this. But alas, we will not be having it today. But the chocolate that you and I are more familiar with, that comes from more of the colonizers. So the colonizers came over, aka Britain, and they had sugar cane. And so they tried this and they're like, this needs sugar. So they added sugar to it. And then it became a huge thing in Europe. And so all the chocolate you have today is based off what the Europeans saw in that. Not the Mayan chocolate. But it comes from the Mayans. I did learn something new today. Yeah. That's just, the, that's just the food part. So that makes me dive into the Mayan culture. Did you know that Belize had a huge Mayan culture as their yeah. ancestry? You they did? have a lot of ruins there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ruins. So they actually believe that Belize is the center of the Mayan universe. And there's over 900 sites of Mayan temples and cities. And wow. that means like there's more Mayan temples and cities than there are regular buildings in Belize. I mean, again, it's a tiny country. So, how many people are in Belize? I don't know. But there's more buildings. Wow. More Mayan. So if you go there, don't just think about going to the beaches. Like, you have all this history to discover, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's so crazy to think about, too, because when you go to these cities, you could be staying in a modern building and then turn a corner and see something that's been there since 2006. 2006. Million years ago. Since 2006. Yeah. That's what we that's the what we world mean by ancient. It was a ancient. different place in 2006. Yeah. Million years ago. Million years ago. I mean, the Mayans weren't there around then. It was thousands, right? A time between those times. Somewhere between those, yeah. Somewhere between those times. So <laughs> to break down their spirit world, there's a thing called Shibalba. It's called the place of fear. It's kind of like our, our Christian hell, except it's way more cool. Because the Shibalba means to enter a cave or you could enter a sinkhole. And then that is where you enter the underworld. So again, if you go to Belize, if you're entering a cave, you're actually entering the Mayan underworld. That's where they believe their gods lived. And if you go, there's a, there's a cave called Akhtan Tunal where there's a full-fledged adult skeleton that's just laying there. He's not in a museum. There's no tape around him. <laughs> it's just a skeleton laying. Does he take pictures? Yeah, you can take pictures with him, I'm sure. <laughs> and like take a selfie. But he's just, yeah, it's just a skeleton. And that's just how preserved all these Mayan sites are. So why is there a skeleton? It's because they sacrificed people in these caves to the underworld gods. Oof. They sacrificed children, mainly. Whoa. That's... Imagine you're just trying to go to sleep and the next day you're thinking about wow. playing Mayan basketball or whatever they do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're like, I can't wait to do, I don't know, go to Mayan school tomorrow. And then they're like, no, actually, you're going to be sacrificed tonight to the caves. That is, you know, that's a really unfortunate side of this part of the world and this history is that there's so much. They just didn't understand science. Like you didn't have to kill children or people to get what you needed. I think that's what it is. Like they kill children because they thought they were the most pure form of, I guess, things. But here's the thing. Things must have gotten desperate because they went from killing children to adults. Because why is there an adult skeleton there? And he has a bash in his head. So it was a murder. So if you go to this cave, okay, it's called Acton Tunal in Belize, you could see the skeleton. Wow. Yeah. 
Crime scene's still there, huh? I wonder what's the record for the most unsolved crime, like the longest unsolved crime. Do you remember in 2012 when everyone thought we were going to die? 2012. Was that the was that the Mayan calendar it's was the, ending? The Mayan calendar was ending, but really the Mayans just ended. Their society ended a long time. So ago. the calendar they can't keep up the calendar if their society ended, and that's another mystery that I guess what are they called? Archaeologists. They don't understand why their why their society ended. They ended 900 AD. They don't understand why the society ended. No, there's no there's no actual proof. Did they ask the Spanish? <laughs> Well, this, before, this is 900 AD. This is so much time before the 1500s, which is when the Spanish came. So you're saying that the Mayan calendar ended before... The Spanish. The Spanish ended them. Yeah. Yeah. So what I think it was is they just planned it so far in advance that they're like, you know, why, how about when we get to the 50s, 1950s? Yeah, yeah. We'll plan it again. For the next 2,000 years, <laughs> we did such a good job that we've got it all planned out to 2012, <laughs> so where there specific. weren't even, like, their whole civilization is something completely different now. Yeah, they yeah. really planned ahead. That's, they got, whatever but, they were but doing. But then that 2012 was the year they were like, yeah, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, don't come into work but tomorrow. Here's the thing, they, were probably, <laughs> they probably were like, I wonder if people are going to freak out in the future that the calendar ended. And then there's a movie about it. The world ending. I remember, I, th- I was like, oh my God, my last day of life is going to school. What were you doing that day? I just remember I had a school project due that night and I was contemplating whether doing it because I was like, I think we're going to die. And I don't want to do... So you believe th- it? Yeah, because I don't want to do my school project. If we're going to die... <laughs> <laughs> How they say at the end of the world, there are people who are either praying or they're fucking. I was praying. Homework. I was doing homework. You're doing neither. That's why I was pissed. You're going to do a homework assignment. I mean, I got a good grade, so. I mean, it all turned out in the end. It's worth it. As my point is, this history somehow trickled down to our present day. They don't know why they ended in 900 AD. They're thinking it's a drought, which makes them believe that's why they started sacrificing more adults than children, because things were getting more desperate. So they're like, okay, the children aren't working. Uh, grab Joe right. over there. They figured it out. None of it was working. They still, so they didn't die all of a sudden. They died out slowly, and they ended up creating different cities. So they retreated to different cities, but in general, their society just kind of disappeared. And you can't really, again, I'm not a historian, but I really couldn't find a lot of history between 900 AD and when the colonizers came, which was the 1500s. That's an insane amount of time. That's like Henry VIII, Magna Carta, Black Plague. All this stuff happened between the Mayans ending and when the colonizers came. So what happened to that history? I don't know because the Mayans, they wrote down stuff. My assumption, when I'm thinking, you know, after the Black Plague, everyone kind of just went really stupid. There was no education. No one was writing things down. I'm thinking maybe that's it. Their civilization died out. So no one was writing anything anymore. So maybe it all became oral history. Things that are passed down. Yeah. I'm think, I don't know. My assumption. I'm just thinking that's a huge amount of time. 988 to the 1500s. Wow. Well, I, you know, that's really interesting, actually. Like, that's a huge chunk of time that's just missing. Yeah. Anything could have been happening. There's still ancient Mayan villages out there today. You know, they're, they're still there. They didn't, like, go extinct, but their society collapsed around that time. So that leads us to the colonial period. This is where it gets interesting because... That's a great area where their Belize is a Spanish or a British colony. 
So the Spanish claimed it was theirs, but the Spanish had land from the top of North America to the bottom of South America. That's so much land. I don't think they even knew about Belize and how the British claimed it was theirs because British pirates ended up crashing into Belize because a lot of the Belizean coastline is coral reef. So they crashed into it and they realized, oh shit, this is a good hiding spot to hide out and spy on the Spanish. So the Spanish like claimed it was theirs, but really there were a bunch of British pirates living there spying on them. And so again, Spain thought it was theirs. Britain thought it was theirs, but there's a bunch of different kinds of people living there. But the main thing is there's mahogany wood. And mahogany wood was very important to the Mayan culture, but to the colonizers, that's money, you know? So the Spanish, they said, hey, this is ours. We, we're saying Belize is ours, but you can log wood here. But the minute we get in a fight or in a war around the world, you have six months to prepare for an attack. And I read this account from the Scottish guy that was living around this time period that said it was really terrifying because there could be a war happening in Europe and also in the Spanish just show up. And they don't ha- the British did not leave any army or navy to defend them. So that's like L.A. having to defend itself against the entire United States Navy without warning. That's the kind of scale. We'd be fucked. We'd be fucked. But they weren't. They weren't fucked, actually. Um, so... They all came together. So Belize, the Belizean people at this point are a, a great mix of people. There's the Mayans that have escaped the Spanish. Then there are Caribbean people. Then there's like any European settlers. There's pirates. There's slaves. There's African slaves. It's just a mix of people. But the British weren't there to defend them. So they actually just rose up together, and they, they fought the Spanish at the Battle of St. George's Cay in 1796. And... I want you to guess how long you think that battle lasted between the Spanish Navy and a group of misfits of people living on this land. So, two hours. Oh my God, that was really, yeah, that was, it was two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's actually kind of wild. Wow, were you there? <laughs> so, funny thing is I've been around since 2006. I can't believe you knew that. Yeah, it, the battle lasted two hours. And it's because, again, the coral reef comes to play. The same reason the pirates came and crashed into Belize, the British boats couldn't really come in in advance because the coral reefs. So they, the people of the land, went out on their boats and then they ambushed them. After that, the Spanish left Belize alone. They were like, yeah, we have too much land. And we didn't even really know about y'all, so we just kind of said it was ours. If you want that bad. You if you want it that bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, we just, sent our, we just sent our spare fleet, and y'all attacked in two hours. So I, the Spanish just kind of laid off. And at that point, it officially became a British territory. And it was known as British Honduras. I'm going to make you guess again. Belize was known. Say British Honduras. There's was Honduras, and then there's British, British Honduras. Honduras. Yeah. Wow, I couldn't come so up with another name. Belize was known as British Honduras, which is so lazy. It's just as lazy as lazy New Mexico. Writer. Yeah. It's so lazy. I love that state, though. I'm not shitting on oh, it. Oh yeah. I really state. love New Mexico, but they could have come up with anything else. So when did British Honduras, which is what it was named, change to Belize? What year? So I'm, I'm trying to think of my, what I know about colonial conquering and colonization, and it's not much. So I'm going to take a wild guess here. In the, just shoot in the dark. Shoot in the dark. We'll say like 
1635. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so British Honduras changed to Belize in 1973. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dude, I was literally going to say as a joke the 70s. You should have. You but I was like, no, 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 that's way too soon. No. That's no. crazy. So when your parents were in high school shooting the shit, Belize is known as British Honduras, the laziest name in history. Right. It was, and they got their independence in 1981. So not really sure where the word Belize came from, but I like it more than British Honduras. I like it. So here's where it gets even more interesting. I remember how it was never, no one really knew if it was Spanish, British, pirate. Like, whose land is this? You know? Even the Mayans were like, we don't really know what's going on. <laughs> so uh, there was never a clear border, just like the colonial period. But if you see, if you look on the map, there is a dotted line between Guatemala and Belize. And that's because Guatemala refuses to recognize Belize's borders. And the UN and still? the Yeah, no, still. And the UN and the UK have stepped in to recognize the country of Belize and its borders except for Guatemala. And there's a current case as of 2020. And I'm gonna read a quote that comes from the International Court of Justice. It says, Guatemala recognized the independence of Belize at the beginning of the 1990s, but it never accepted the borders and continued to claim 11,000 square kilometers. That's about half of the territory of the British colony. Belize is, it's tiny. And remember, it's just, it's ocean and then it's forest. And the forest is incredibly sacred to the Mayans. Not to mention, that's where a lot of their export is, the mahogany wood, and... It is the only jaguar preserve in the world. Oh, wow. I know. And I know you like big cats. I love, well, I just love nature. And that's kind of crazy to think that that's the only one left. I don't even know if it's left or if it just is. Like, I, I don't know. But they made a point to, to protect the jaguars in Belize. That's awesome. But Guatemala is going after that land. Okay. What are they, what are they planning on doing with it? Well, for, first of all, the wood. Like, they want to protect the jaguars. I don't know. Way, the forest away. I don't know. I, what point is Belize is doing? They're doing it right because they care and like that's been their land. But Guatemala, I don't know what their intentions are, but they want that land. It's a tiny country. So they would just be left with the beaches, you know, the tourism. So we'll have to keep updated on that because that's, that's a case that's as recent as 2020. But again, the UN and the UK are on Belize's side. And like no offense, Guatemala, but like what? Like, it's the UN. I'm pretty sure. You know, it's going to a good cause. I'm saying that Belize and Guatemala should be happy with what that land is being used for. Yeah, right. Preserving. But that's my point. Why would Guatemala want it if they want they want to do something with it? Why do they want that land? Probably because they believe it's theirs. You know, they believe that it was theirs, and then but, Belize and, came but along. But here's and the thing: it. they might not be wrong. It seemed like a safe haven away from the Spanish, away from Europe. It just seemed like a space to be, to get away from big entities you know so there wasn't really a clear border i mean guatemala could be right but i'm just i find it the amount of land they want is just i don't know i find it very suspicious so we'll have to find out about that some lasting notes did you know there's a chinese population in belize no i did not (laughs) so i'm gonna read one more quote to y'all this is from uh, medium.com so this is about this why there's a chinese population in belize the quote goes while Belize long served the British crown as a colony, the country outsourced labor to African slaves. When the British Empire abolished the practice of slavery in 1838, that's way too late, many Chinese laborers were brought in to fill the gap. First of all, they're just like, ah, well, we can't technically make African people slaves, so let's just make Chinese people slaves. 
So they were toiling away as either contractors or through indentured servitude. The first wave of Chinese immigrants, 470 male indentured servants, would arrive from the Amoy regions of southeastern China in 1865. Wait, I just realized that's kind of strange. They were already outsourcing Chinese people before they abolished Africans. So they were already planning the backup of their labor. Mm -hmm. That's actually so fucked up. They had no intention of like weaning off slavery. They were like, oh, so doing it to African people is messed up. So let's do it to Chinese people. Right. Wow, that's so messed up. Anyways, continuing the quote. Despite no familiarity with agriculture, these men were put to work on the sugar plantations between, within the Orange Walk and the Corazal districts. By 1866, over 100 of these individuals lost their lives to overworking, disease, and the extreme shift in the culture and food. So they are 2% of the population today. But Belize is pretty small. So that's actually kind of a lot. So it's just a big group of mix of people. That's why I think it'd be fun to visit there because you're going to have so many different kinds of food, you know? Yeah, or, you know, those two food cultures combining. Yeah, what does Belizean food and Chinese food taste like? Well, I love Chinese food. I know. Yeah. So. And now you can get Chinese. You can get Chinese when you go to Belize. Would you even think that? No. No. (laughs) But honestly, it's, I'm really happy that that's a side effect of something that's so unfortunate is a positive thing came out of it, which is now we have this delicious cuisine that I I am so excited to try. Yeah. Like, I'm, be- I'm just glad they survived enough to where, yeah, there is some sort of benefit coming out of that. Where yeah. They do have a culture in Belize. Mm-hmm. So that's all the stuff I have. I just want to read out my sources real quick. So I got everything from centralamerica.com, thoughtco.com, Caribbean Loop News, the International Court of Justice. Yeah, I like that one, Caribbean Loop News. ID, Field Journal, and then, of course, www.belize.com. So that one definitely can't be wrong. I mean, it's literally their site. You believe everything they I say. I believe everything they say. So, again, let's say you're from Belize and you're like, what? what? What's she talking about? If you have any corrections or if you want to just comment on anything, please don't forget to email culturecultshow at gmail.com. And please send in your travel stories. So every other episode, just to give me more time to research on these countries, I and a guest will be reading out your travel stories that you'll be sending into that same email. So just general, exciting travel stories that you want to share. They'd be short or long. And again, don't forget to check out the podcast playlist. So what did you think about all that? You know, I just, I really enjoyed it, honestly. I I enjoyed learning something new about a country that I knew very little. I honestly, I can't even tell you what the capital of Belize is. Can you tell me what? I don't think I can. I did all that research and I don't know the capital. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we still I have, have a lot learning. to learn about the leaders. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, a big reason why I started this podcast is I still find it very incredibly embarrassing if I meet someone from a country and I have nothing to say about their country. Or I don't know where the capital is, but they know even about Alabama. People from all over the world know a lot about America and Americans don't know shit about other countries. Yeah. And it's just nothing worse to me to be in a conversation and you're like, yeah. Belize, it's an island, right? I think it's really important that we learn about each other's cultures. And then stigmas go away. You can relate with people more. As humans, we all have like similar things that we go through. I'm just saying, I don't ever want to meet someone and I don't have anything to say about their country. You know, it's a big part of who they are. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't want to be that person in general. So. Well, if you meet ever meet someone from Belize. 
Oh, I will tell them everything you're, but the capital. Tell them something about the <laughs> everything. You know, who, know, who knows? They can tell you what the capital is. Maybe they'll be Chinese. And the things to do in there. That would be a trip. Yeah, and I'll know why they're Chinese. Yeah. So, anyways, all of that said, I hope you all enjoyed our first episode about Belize. Each every other week, I will be spinning the globe and landing on a random country, no matter how tiny or how big. I mean, the first country I landed on was very small. So, you'll have to check out our Instagram culture cult show and see where we land next gracias and thanks and see y'all next time bye